Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out, no matter how hard it rains. In my city. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 288th episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter at HawkBlogger. Apologies for the voice today. I am getting uh, over a cold, and uh, that game didn't help. Seahawks fall to the Rams 17-16, to uh, get swept in the season series, uh, giving all the Sean McVay, Pete Carroll trolls, all the ammo that they'd like to use. Uh, I don't think coaching had a lot to do with what happened today, but, um, you know, uh, for me, for me, like a couple things, uh, really, really stick out in this game. Um, I'm going to start with a couple things that are aspects that I mean, I guess I get to talk about whatever I want. So I'm just going to tell you how I feel. I think that's who Jason Myers is. He can make 75 field goals in a row. That's not the guy that I want kicking for you when the game's on the line. I don't care about, we talked about it last week. The game's tied. And if you miss, you're still tied. You go to overtime. You have your quarterback come into this game after being injured enough that he sits out for multiple series. He puts a wrap on his elbow. He finds a way to come out and make enough plays to get you in position to kick a field goal that was one yard longer than a field goal you've already kicked. And I don't want to hear about 55 being some kind of crazy kick. 55-yard field goals are commonplace in today's NFL. And he shanked. He choked. And so this is the one of the top paid kickers in the NFL. He's the third or fourth highest paid kicker in the NFL. I don't care that he had other field goals today. When your team needed you, he choked. And that's just, that's who he is. That's who he is. And so I'm not happy he's on our team. I'm not happy we're paying him the money that we're paying him. I joke about it most of the time because how much does a kicker really matter? He's not the difference between the Seahawks being a contending team or not. But man, Fuck that guy. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of like, ugh, that guy is, 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 I mean, Steven Hauschka was a guy where he could miss four field goals in a row. And I'd still feel confident that when the game was on the line, he was going to come through for his team. Jason Myers, you know, doesn't do that today. And so fuck him. Um, Drew Locke, who 
everybody seemed to think was this secret weapon that the Seahawks were holding back on the sideline and that they needed to bench Geno for Drew Locke all this time. And uh, this guy, he's the next Geno Smith. He, after being an absolutely shit player for his whole career, he just needs to come into Seattle and all of a sudden he'll be good. Drew Locke's Drew Locke. Drew Locke has nothing to offer. He will turn the ball over every single game the way that Gino did for a lot of the previous games that we were all saying was awful, that you can't have. Well, that's Drew Locke every single friggin' game. So I don't want to hear anything more about how Drew Locke needs to come in and he's the next guy and we got to give him a chance. Drew Locke is a bad backup quarterback. And as far as I'm concerned, the Seahawks made a massive mistake by not drafting a quarterback this year, not with their first overall pick, but with one of their other picks because they need to be trying out young quarterbacks behind Geno. No matter how good Geno ends up being, and we can all debate how much of a ceiling he has, they need a young quarterback on this roster. They think Drew Locke is that guy. That's how they, they talk about him. He's not that guy. He is never going to be that guy. So I don't want to hear shit about Drew Locke anymore. I'm so sick of having to hear people talk about how Drew Locke is going to come on and be something. Drew Locke is not fit to start in the NFL. Geno Smith. Man, it's a shame this game ended the way it did. I thought Geno Smith played, for the most part, a very good game. Did not turn the ball over. But was under a lot of pressure. And if you want to talk about something that I do think coaches deserve criticism for, it is that they very clearly were trying to have their cake and eat it too in this game. They were managing snap counts for players, and it wasn't just based on injury. It was based on the fact that they have a Thursday night game coming up against the 49ers. And instead of being all in and trying to win this game, they were very clearly trying to do just enough to win this game and then be able to get healthy for the Thursday night game. Well, look what happened. Uh, rotating in Anthony Bradford and Stone Forsythe was an absolute mistake. Those guys were awful in this game. After having really good pass protection for the first couple of series, pass protection eroded. Gino gets injured, and in fact, he got injured on a play where Phil Haynes missed a block, and uh, he will not be the first person or the last person to get embarrassed by Aaron Donald on a one-on-one -one, one -on -one play, and that's what happened here. Aaron Donald jumped around Phil Haynes and hit Gino, but the fact that they, they rotated in the right, right guard and right tackle, the fact that they really tried to limit Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett probably played a third of the snaps he normally does. DK Metcalf took at least one series off. Then on defense, they chose not to play Jamal today, which I understand and made sense, but they that was a choice they made. Uh, they rotated in Frank Clark and Derek Hall a bunch. Frank Clark played more snaps today than he normally does. He is not an NFL player anymore. He does not belong on the field. There was a massive difference when Boye Mafe and Draymond Jones were playing on the edge versus when Derek Hall and Frank Clark were playing on the edge. But yet they kept rotating. So I think coaching 
if you want to criticize, it's not about Sean McVay did something great. I don't know what people are talking about with Sean McVay doing something great. The Rams were two of nine on, on third downs and had 265 yards of offense. They scored 17 points. And by the way, at least four of those points were absolutely gifted to them on an atrocious, game-changing, game-losing, season-altering defensive pass interference call on third down on Devin Weatherspoon where Puka Nakua simply fell down and the refs looked for a reason to throw a flag. There was no reason to throw a flag. DPI should not be something, especially in that situation, where you are looking for a chance to throw a flag. It should be very clear that there's a DPI that happens. Not only was there not a DPI that happens, it, it was clearly, there was barely any contact. Usually you can kind of see where the, the player is actually grabbing or something else is happening. Devin Witherspoon kept his hands to himself. Pukunukua got caught up, his feet got tripped up, and he fell to the ground. They don't make that call. The Seahawks very likely still win this game. The defense holds the Rams without points. Oh, sorry, without a touchdown on that last drive. They likely would have won. So I thought, uh, you know, another like game-breaking play. This is was not a bad call by the refs, but it was another penalty. This 100% was a game where penalties, 12 penalties for 130 yards against the Seahawks. They get off the field on third down, third and long. Tariq Woolen, for no good reason, goes to the face and the face mask on the release, gets an illegal hands to the face, and turns what would have been a punt and a chance to ice the game into a first down. And the game was over pretty much at that point. Or at least it seemed that way because we thought Drew Locke was going to be the quarterback having that final series. It is a it is absolute bullshit that the story of this game, based on what happened, is not that Geno Smith willed his way back onto that field while hurt and led a game-winning drive. Again. Again. So many fans have been so critical of Geno Smith, saying he doesn't come through in the clutch. He did it again. And Jason Myers absolutely fucks his team with an absolute embarrassing attempt at a field goal. So... It's aggravating. It is aggravating. It is aggravating to see a player that has been under so much scrutiny and get so much hate, despite the fact he's an excellent person, despite the fact that he's a great story, a great leader, loved by his teammates, loved by his coaches, and, and a top half of the NFL quarterback who's played a lot better than a lot of other players that they've had at that position and that other teams have at that position. And he comes through, and it absolutely doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the end. So, you know, I don't think Sean McVay did anything super special in this game. There were a couple plays where the Rams were able to get some running play, like running yardage. And that was enough. Like, even there was a play where Royce Freeman looked stopped for third down and absolutely pushed his way forward for a first down. That was a big play that burned a ton of clock. That's not Sean McVay. So I don't know, whatever people can say what they want. This was not a game where like Pete Carroll was out coached. That's just not what happened in this game. But look, 
I think that the Seahawks really got hurt by Kenneth Walker being injured after the first series. He started off very strong, seemed to be a big part of the game plan, then really got it had issues with pass protection. People are going to talk about third downs, and I get it. What really happened was not that third downs all of a sudden got bad. If you look at the average yards for them to gain for a first down, it absolutely like tripled. It was third and threes, third and fours, and then it turned into third and nines and third and twelves. Guess what? Those aren't going to get converted as often. The other thing that I will say about Shane Waldron, there was a couple third and shorts in this second half. He is unwilling to run the ball. There's like a third and one early in the second half, and he has a, a, a passing play on that they didn't convert. I mean, run the goddamn ball. It is okay every once in a while on third and three, give the defense something else to think about that you might run the ball on third and short. It's not an awful play. Pick up a first down. And God, his team needed it. His team needed the run game. And again, you know, when in the, some of those situations, they put it all on the shoulders of the quarterback. So it, it, it's frustrating to see. It's frustrating to see. This was like a game where I thought DK Metcalf played better, had an impact, almost had again his moment with Geno to win a game at the end. Didn't work out this time. It's just friggin' aggravating. It's aggravating. I mean, to be clear, I think the Seahawks are a middling team. I don't think this, I've said that all year. I don't think this is a contending team. So I'm not like, oh man, they're not going to get home field advantage or win the division. Guess what? They were not going to get home field advantage or win the division anyway. But this is just, ugh, it's just friggin' aggravating. It's an aggravating loss. It's a game they didn't have to lose. And now that's two of them this year. I, at least the first game of the season, when you lose Charles Cross and Abe Lucas, and you just cease to function as an offense. Not great. You didn't have Devin Witherspoon. Not great. But like understandable to some extent, this game was just an absolute blown game. Like the Seahawks absolutely were the better team in this game. Absolutely should have won this game. And they don't. I would bet the win probability was in favor of the Seahawks for most of this game. And uh they just blew it. So, you know, the offense really after the, it, there was a point where people are going to say, Hey, the opening drive is great. And then they, they stopped after that. Well, I kind of get that, but I will say this Seahawks opening drive, 14 plays, 88 yards, touchdown, second drive, 15 plays, 62 yards, field goal, third drive, six plays, 43 yards, field goal. It wasn't just the first drive. They had 200-plus yards of offense at halftime. They scored on every single drive. And then in the second half, they had the first series, three and out. Second series, they got a field goal. Now, it wasn't a long drive, but they got a field goal. So they scored on four of their first five series. That's different than scoring on your first drive and not having any yardage after that. But... The reality is the Seahawks' longest drive of the second half was their final drive. Seven plays, 38 yards, and a shank from Jason Myers. And I'm not convinced that if Geno had been able to play instead of Drew Locke, instead of 
what happened if they wouldn't have had some a couple other series or at least one other series where they did something. So it's a huge, huge gulf between Drew Locke and Geno Smith from a intelligence standpoint, pre-snap diagnosing plays, knowing what to do from a precision standpoint, from an overall play standpoint, it is a massive gulf. And we may have to see Drew Locke go up against one of the best defenses, most talented defenses in the NFL on Thursday. Who knows how Gino will recover? Who knows what will happen between now and Thursday with some of the other guys? It seems highly unlikely that the Seahawks are going to make that even a close game, let alone win it. Um, I, I would be shocked if Kenneth Walker plays in that game. When you leave early with an oblique, when they rule him out that quickly, there's a decent chance that's going to be a sports hernia. One of those things that could actually potentially take him out for the rest of the year. Oblique tends to be like core. So, um, not great. I, I see someone talking about uh, Hufanga on the, the 49ers, which awful is awful, awful, awful that he hurt himself today. I don't think that's going to make any difference, honestly. I, I find it hard to believe that makes any difference. Um, but uh, sucks for him. Sucks for that team. Um, yeah, just really, really, really aggravating. I don't have a lot more to say. Um, uh, I will just, you know, I'll throw a, a little bit of positive out there. I thought, um, Julian Love played a good game today. He had that initial pass interference, which was just a, he blew it. It was a bad play, but the rest of the game, I thought he was everywhere. He should be. I thought he made a number of good plays. I thought he was one of the better players on the field for the Seahawks on defense. It's a real shame. I thought that defense played pretty darn well. Most of the day. I thought Draymond Jones did a pretty good job at edge, and I was encouraged by what I was seeing there. Unfortunately, Boye Mafe does not get a sack today, so his streak of seven straight games with a sack ends. The Seahawks get one sack in this game. It was Devin Witherspoon. I didn't even see it because the, the TV was not showing the game at that point. Um, yeah, not great, guys. Not great. Um, so, uh, I, I don't have a lot more to say. I will ask that if you haven't already given the show a like, I would appreciate you coming on, giving the show a like, clicking subscribe to know when we go live, and then going over to patreon.com slash hawkblogger to sign up for a membership, join the community where we can continue to talk about this game and other things about the season going forward and all proceeds go to charity. We've donated over 260,000 to charity over the years, and you can be part of that now. So, um, ugly, ugly, ugly game. The question now is whether the Seahawks forget about Thursday. Can the Seahawks avoid a five game losing streak? That is the question. That is what's staring them in the face right now. This was their best chance at a victory for the next five weeks and they blew it. And now they're going to have an absolute challenging stretch, potentially without some of their best players. So um, rough loss. 
this is a this is this 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 is a game where if the Seahawks don't figure out something that to, that they can change like that, oh, I really like the way the Seahawks came out in this game on both sides of the ball. It looked like it was going to be one of their most complete, competent wins, and they go from that to absolutely scrambling to hope that they can win at least one of the next four games, and I they will not be favored in any of them guarantee you they will not be favored in any of them so rough 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 um hope you all figure out a way to end your weekend more productively than than uh than this i will be with you uh tuesday night we are going to have grant cohen on the show so we will have some fun with grant tuesday night expect the 49ers to come in with all the confidence in the world and uh, Seahawks are going to have to make some make something change big time uh, between now and then. So screw Jason Myers, screw the rest for that call, screw people who keep talking about Drew Locke. That's my major message for this. And uh, I wish you all the best. So take care. Go Hawks. Hey folks, this is Brian Nemhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tail the tape morning after articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks.